Hello and welcome back to this episode of the IBSA Livecast. Today I am joined by Melanie Croce, who is the Executive Director of Seal Rescue Ireland. Today Melly and I will be talking about what Seal Rescue Ireland is, as well as the volunteering and internship opportunities available. Welcome Melanie to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So to start off the episode today, it would be amazing if you could tell us a bit more about what Seal Rescue Ireland is and how it all started. Sure. So Seal Rescue Ireland is a registered charity that's dedicated to the rescue, rehab and release of sick, injured and orphaned seals from all across Ireland. In addition to rescue and rehab, we're also committed to proactive conservation through education, research and community outreach. Um, so we're getting more and more involved in sort of proactive habitat conservation and restoration projects uh, to protect seals and all life within the ocean. Amazing. Uh, why and how did you decide to get involved in Seal Rescue Island. That is actually a long story. Um, I have I, I studied environmental science um, and at a university, and then I moved on and kind of did lots of work around the world. I did um, I did uh, endangered species research. I did um, environmental consulting on an oil spill. Um, I did uh, I did rehab for a short while. Um, but basically I was just in Ireland on holiday and came across the Seal Rescue Center and just thought I would go in to check it out. And I just saw this little baby seal. It was a common seal pup um, and he was premature. So he still had his fluffy coat and he had no teeth and just, I mean, if you've seen them, you know how cute they are. And he actually, has, he changed my life. I, on the spot, applied for an internship. Um, and I ended up starting that internship about a month later for three months. And then I went on and did a bunch of other work um, around the world and West Africa, San Diego, um, and kind of stayed in touch with the director. And she sort of followed my journey and saw the work that I did. And then she invited me to come back in um, 2016. And so I've been back ever since. Amazing. Yeah, uh, I can definitely, you can definitely fall in love with seals as soon as you see them. <laughs> <laughs> Could you describe a typical day working at Seal Rescue Island um, as a volunteer? Yeah, so uh, no two days are the same. Um, you know, you, you've actually volunteered there yourself, so you know uh, just how crazy it can get, especially this time of year. We've got over 40 seals in care, um, new ones coming in every day. So as a volunteer or I guess an intern, you'd come in um, the, the first rounds of feed are at, at 7 a.m. So it can be an early day. Um, because we're feeding the seals pretty much around the clock, we have to split people into different shifts to make sure everything gets covered. So you kind of work with um, your team and um, we all live and work together. We do have staff housing here. So um, it, it's kind of a good way to kind of build camaraderie and build community um, and kind of just get to know each other and learn from each other. Um, and for a long time, we did have interns coming from all over the world to join us for a three month internship. Um, because of COVID, we've definitely had to limit that. So we're really just focusing on uh, volunteers coming from within Ireland at this point. Um, but hopefully in the future, once travel is eased up, we'll be able to recruit volunteers from all over again. Um, so you come in, you start with morning feeds. So 
that's getting all the fish soup ready, which is a blend of herring, electrolytes, salmon oil, um, to get the nice healthy fats into the seals. Um, I have to get them all heated up. I was actually on PMs last night, so we had 14 tubes. <laughs> uh, plus all the wound care, all the medications. You have to clean out all of the uh, kennels and the ICUs. Some of the really young babies um, have to get a bath because they can't uh, get in the bath during the day or else they'll get too cold. But mostly it's just a lot of really emaciated sick little pups in varying uh, stages of feeding. So when some of the seal pups come in, most of the time they don't know how to eat on their own, which is why we start with tube feeding. So once they're a little more stabilized, we kind of move them up towards um, eating on their own. So we have fish school, uh, force feeding, hand feeding, kind of just leaving them in the bath with fish and seeing what interest they have. Um, and then of course they move on to the pools. So right now we've got all four of our pools are full as well. Um, and so at this stage, we just have to clean those pools every couple of days, scrub them out, weigh the seals to make sure they're on track. Um, and that's, that's just the rehab part. Um, we also do have releases that can happen around the country. So we might have to pack up some seals that are ready to rejoin the wild and go take them to the beach and open the cages and, and let them rejoin the wild. Um, and pretty much right now, we're co close to the public because of COVID. So it's all just animal care at this point. Um, but during normal times, we would be open for tours, would be giving tours to the public throughout the day. We've had corporate volunteer groups, school groups, um, would attend events to kind of promote the message of conservation and talk about sustainability and um, kind of just talk about our work and, and recruit new volunteers. So there's, there's really a lot happening. Um, but yeah, so no two days are really the same, but it is usually a lot of feeds and a lot of seal poo. <laughs> Amazing. Could you describe the sort of volunteering internship opportunities that you do have available? Like how long are they? Um, how do people apply for them? Sure. So our minimum um, commitment for an internship is three months. Um, that's just because there's a lot of training that goes into all the animal care. So we just really want to make sure that, um, you know, we, we've got people here long enough to know what they're doing, to be able to be kind of self-sufficient. So we, we have less oversight and training that we have to do. Um, the longer people stay on, the more responsibilities they take up, and sometimes they need get, get promoted to, to specialized responsibilities like volunteer coordinator or intern coordinator or media, um, depending on you know, special uh, expertise and interests. Um, but overall, the animal care and conservation internship is the three-month one where you're pretty much split between animal care and education and helping out with fundraising and things like that. And for the most part, that's, that's really important skills to walk away from uh, or walk away from the internship with because most people come, of course, to work with the animals. Um, but, you know, it, it's very competitive to find paid jobs in the field working with animals, um, especially in wildlife rehab. So um, it is usually really valuable for people to pick up additional skills like public speaking and education and um, fundraising and all the admin tasks and volunteer coordinating and things like that. Uh, so we do have a few specialized internships that are also three months. Uh, there's the education internship and the marketing internship. And so those guys would probably only work outside with the SEALs maybe one day a week. And then the rest of their time would be spent um, on their specialized tasks. And of course, everyone gets trained on operating the rescue phone, which is our 24-hour hotline. So whenever a SEAL gets called in from any uh, anywhere in the Republic of Ireland, 
that phone gets answered and then whoever's on that phone will coordinate that rescue. And if it does, if the seal does need to come in, that person actually gets to name the seal. So that's one little perk to the job. Uh, but yeah, rescue phone coordination is a really, really big part of it um, because we do get, I mean, we've had up to 300 phone calls in a week following storms. Um, so especially this year with the amount of storms we've been having and with a lot of people home from work, we are getting lots and lots and lots of calls. So um, that is a big part of internship as well is just coordinating the rescues. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Um, if it wasn't um, COVID times, where would most of your volunteers come from? Would you get many from the UK? Absolutely. We usually do get, we actually do have some from the UK now uh, that just, they came before COVID and they stuck with us throughout that time. So we've got kind of a long, um, a, lo a big team of long-term uh, volunteers and staff at the moment, which we're incredibly grateful for. Um, but yes, we do get many from the UK. Uh, we actually just got one from Scotland recently. She had to quarantine for two weeks before starting with us because uh, just to, to keep everybody safe. Um, but yes, we do recruit from the UK, but historically, uh, we do we did have a lot of Americans. Uh, you can hear from my accent, that's, that's where I'm from as well. Um, but it's actually been really great to have more and more Irish uh, people on our team because they do know the areas better and we are getting seals from all nooks and crannies of the coastline. So it is good to have that local knowledge. Amazing. When would you say is the best time of the year to volunteer? Ooh, okay, so uh, best is subjective. If you like hard work, if you like uh, getting your hands dirty and really getting thrown in the deep end, the autumn is the best time to come. That is gray seal pupping season. Um, that's also storm season. So we are getting lots and lots of seals at that time. And it is long, hard days. Uh, so it's it's kind of character building. You'll, you'll notice that when people come during the winter and, and autumn months, they're working the hardest, they're exhausted. But then at the end, they just they, they've learned so much and we've had so many people that have wanted to come back after those really, really challenging seasons. Um, during the summer is always nice, of course, because it's common seal pupping season. We don't get nearly as many common seals as grays. So it is a little bit more relaxed. We do have the longer days. So you get more of a chance to kind of just enjoy being in Ireland, you know, walking on the trails and the beaches and it's a little more laid back. Um, the springtime is the time of year where we have the fewest seals. So if you want the animal care experience, springtime is probably not the best time to come. But for people that are interested in kind of habitat restoration and community engagement and those sort of things, um, springtime is good because that's when we can put a really heavy focus on that proactive work. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, arriving in Dublin, for example, what would be the best way to get to Seal Rescue Island? Best way to get to Seal Rescue Island is just jumping on the bus. The bus uh, there's a, a bus that goes straight from Dublin Airport directly to Gorey. Um, and Gorey's just a five minute drive from us in Court Town. Um, so we usually will arrange someone to come pick up a, a volunteer and intern that's arrived in Gorey and take them straight to the house, do a little drive through tour of Court Town, which takes all of 30 seconds because it's very small. <laughs> um, and then you'll get dropped off at the staff house um, and you get a little induction around the house, meet the uh, your, your housemates and fellow colleagues. And then the, the next day you would start off with induction, which is a full day at the center, kind of getting introduced to all the different aspects of the work. And then you start training on SEALs the very next day. Fantastic, thanks for that. 
So I'm sure lots of our listeners are really interested in hearing the stories of the seals and are also wondering what it's like to work with the seals. What would you say is one of the most interesting cases that you have seen? Oh, gosh, um, we've had so many interesting cases. I mean, what we always say is every seal that comes into our care, it's not just about that seal, it's about the story. Um, it's about the reason that seal needed to be rescued. Most cases, it is something to do with humans, unfortunately. It's either climate change or water pollution or disturbance or swallowing plastics or entangled in a fishing line. And so all of these seals, their stories are an opportunity to build an emotional connection between the public and the animals and really, you know, give them a chance to see these animals up close, look into their eyes and really, you know, build that emotional connection and learn what it is that we can do to protect seals like them in the wild. Um, now, I'd say one of the most interesting cases was Cloudberry, uh, who was a she was a um, Arctic seal. She was a ringed seal that is completely non-native to Ireland. And she showed up in County Kerry um, thousands of miles from her native waters. And we were just so shocked when we saw her. Um, so we, we went ahead and rescued her and brought her in and we just didn't know what to expect. We'd, we'd only had grays and commons so far. Um, so this ring seal was very different than the seals that we were used to. She turned out to be much more aggressive than we expected, even though she was tiny. Um, and we were worried about putting her in the pool with the greys and the commons because they're so much bigger. And it turned out she ruled the roost. Um, she absolutely bullied everyone around her. I don't think that they were at all upset to see that the back of her when her release day finally came. Um, but she did complete her rehab. She tripled in weight during the time that she was with us. We had absolutely no concern about her being competitive in the wild, just based on her interactions with the other seals. Um, and so actually this was back in March, right at the beginning of COVID. So it was, it got to the point where we knew we needed to release her and we were um, kind of communicating with different, you know, boats and planes and seeing how close we could get her back to the Arctic, but then lockdown hit. And so we just had to drive her up to the northernmost tip of Ireland, which was in Donegal and release her. Um, so it, it was a success. We didn't GPS track her because we just had to do it in such a rush. But we were worried that if we didn't release her then and there, we would actually be stuck in Port Town, not able to leave because of lockdown. And the and we would have had an Arctic rain seal for the approaching summer, which we just couldn't have that happen because it's you know the sunny southeast. Uh, so it's it's the hottest part of Ireland is where we are. And if she was trapped here with us, we were just worried that would not be good for her welfare. So we we had to just make the split decision and take her up to Donegal and release her. And with wildlife rehab, no news is good news. So we haven't had any sightings of her since. So we have every reason to believe she hightailed it north and hopefully we won't hear from her again. <laughs> Incredible story. How many seals do you currently have? Um, okay, so this is a tricky question because it does change by the day. I believe we have about 43 at the moment. Uh, don't, I, I'll have to fact check that, um, but it is at least 40 at the moment. Uh, we do have some of the common seals left over from pupping season from the summer um, that are coming up on release. And then we do have a number of grays that will be um, coming up on release in the next few weeks. In the last month, we released probably about 20. 
Um, and then of course we do have new ones coming in every day. So that the number is always changing, um, but we are on track to have the most seals this season that we've ever had before. So um, I think before this, it was 140 seals in a season. So we're, we're beating that season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see at the end of the season, how many we've had. Brilliant, thanks for that. What is the most common cause for seal rescuing? Excellent question. Um, so the most common reason I would say is just emaciated, lethargic, you know, tossed around, um, exhausted and orphaned. So it, it's usually kind of a combination of things. Um, usually we get calls after storms because that's when um, young seal pups that are inexperienced, they don't know how to swim yet. They are left uh, above the high tide line by their mothers. The mother will leave them go out and hunt for you know hours at a time. And those pups just need to stay put. So when a storm comes in, those storm surges are coming above the high tide line. So it's washing those pups into the water where they become exhausted. They can get thrown into rocks and injured. They can drown um, and they can get separated from their mothers. So if they get separated too soon, then they're just, they don't have the strength. They don't have the blubber or the weight Gain to be able to survive on their own. And so that's when we have to step in. So I, these storms are on the rise, um, increasing, increasing uh, frequency and severity of these storms, and it's due to climate change. So I would say that the, the main cause for seals needing to be rescued is because of climate change associated with storms. Thanks for that. Um, what is the average length of rehabilitation? Great question. So we usually shoot for about two to three months, uh, especially for gray seals. Uh, once they get over that first few days and they're pretty stable, they're they're pretty hardy and they they learn to eat pretty quickly. They're pretty they're pretty instinctual. So usually we can get gray seals up to weight, which for gray seals about thirty five kilos uh, if they're behaving competitively. If they're otherwise off meds, no lingering injuries or health issues, then they're determined ready to be released. Uh, for common seals, it's a little bit longer. Usually about three to four months um, because they do learn from their mothers a lot of behaviors needed for survival. So if they're separated from their mothers before they've picked up on these life skills, then it's kind of hard to teach them. So they, they spend a little bit longer in the kennels with us learning how to eat fish. Um, and then once they do finally get the hang of it, you know, they're just a little bit less robust and aggressive. So they just go through uh, rehab slightly slower. So probably about three to four months for a common seal. And would you, um, is, is it a problem if they stay, they, they stay longer than necessary? Do they kind of um, forget certain behaviors? Do they struggle when they're back out in the wild? Great question. So of course, our, our goal the entire time they're with us is to maintain those wild instincts as much as possible. So we try not to speak around them or speak to them um, or handle them unnecessarily, especially when they're out in the pools. Um, that's the final stage of rehab where they're really needing to build up their muscles. They need to learn competitive behaviors. They need to learn social behaviors. So that's when we're as hands-off as possible um, so that they maintain those wild instincts and that healthy fear of humans. The last thing we want is our seals to be released and going up and swimming up to people on the beaches or swimming up to fishing boats. Um, so even um, you know, the pre-release pool, which is the one that's completely fenced in, that's the last stage of rehab and we don't even enter that enclosure unless we're weighing the seals or cleaning the pool. So um, the, sometimes seals do need to stay longer with us. So that would be a, a situation where maybe they've had a setback. 
um, such as a seal pox outbreak once they're in care. Um, we, we like to make sure they're nice and healed and healthy before being released. So sometimes we have to keep them for a few extra weeks or even months um, until they can recover from that outbreak. Uh, another reason they might need to stay longer is surgery. So we do often have seals that ha have an eye that might be blind or protruding and it might be a snag hazard. So we'll have to wait for them to be healthy enough for um, surgery and then of course recover from surgery. So I think we've had to keep some seals up to seven or eight months uh, post-op um, to make sure that they're ready for release. Um, but yeah, there is always that concern of, of getting them too used to humans. So whenever possible, we want them to be released as soon as they can. That's really interesting. Thank you. On what occasions have you needed to call the vets? So we do not, unfortunately, we don't have any vets on staff. So we do have a local vet that will come in every one to two weeks and she'll do her rounds. So she'll look at every single seal, make sure everybody's on track. Um, if there are any seals that have some lingering health issues that she might prescribe them to a different medication or she might, might decide that they need surgery. Um, so for special cases, um, such as a seal that's really not thriving, we'll usually take them into the vet and um, they, she will usually be the one, well, she is the one that euthanizes the seals. We don't euthanize on site. Um, so yeah, it's just, just I guess special cases, surgeries, uh, euthanasia, and just cases where the, the medications aren't working. Brilliant, thank you. So vet students have lots of experience with like handling small animals, farm animals, but what is it like to hand, handle seals? You know, do they have strong personalities and are they comfortable around humans? Well, again, since you have uh, spent some time with us, I'm sure that you have some thoughts on this as well. Uh, yes, seals do have strong personalities. Um, we do kind of liken them to dogs. The gray seals are more like dogs and the, uh, the common seals are more like cats, um, not just in looks, but also in personality. Um, gray seals are larger. They've got like the longer muzzle, kind of like a Labrador retriever. They're also very loud and vocal. They like to talk to you. They like to know their, make their presence known. They have bigger personalities. They can definitely be more aggressive. Um, and common seals are a little more quiet, a little more reserved, um, less social, kind of, yeah, they just, they, they kind of just want to stay away from you. Um, but for both species, they have individual personalities. And once you kind of observe them, you these personalities really do start to come out. Some are much more social and curious and friendly. Um, some are much more shy and reserved. Some just hate people, hate them. Uh, so we do, uh, we, we do kind of, we, we like that behavior. If, if they're aggressive, that means they're going to do well in the wild. So we do like when they've got big, big personalities like that. Um, but we do wear Kevlar whenever we're handling these seals. They have strong jaws, they have sharp teeth, they have lots of bacteria that they carry in those mouths. So it's very important to always, always just be very much on guard, to not let your guard down. Even the little tiny ones, um, they can just turn on you and snap, which again, like that is good for uh, the prospects of them surviving, but it can be dangerous to handle them. So there is a lot of training that goes into um, being qualified to, to handle and restrain a seal in order to tube feed or administer medication. So Kevlar is always a good shout. <laughs> um so at vet school, you learn a lot about behavior and um, being able to recognize kind of the cascade of um, like um, an aggressive dog, like developing. Can you recognize that in seals as well? 
It's much harder. Um, I would say because they come in, they're wild animals. They're expected to be wild, uh, wild and aggressive. And you just kind of, the healthier the animal is, the more of a risk there are. Um, of course, if they're very subdued, if they're very flat, um, they're not going to have a lot of energy to fight you. So um, because our whole goal is to get them strong and healthy, we want them to be aggressive. So we kind of approach them with the expectation that they're going to want to be aggressive. Um, of course, some you, you kind of do. I mean, we're, we're two feeding some of these seals, you know, four or five times a day. So we do get to know their personalities a bit. So you do kind of recognize which ones um, have different traits, like some like to do an alligator roll, uh, which makes it very hard to feed them. Um, and some can be a little bit snappier than others. Um, so you do start to recognize those to a certain degree, but the hope is that they're all going to be aggressive and that you, you just need to keep your guard up at all times with any of them. And uh, we kind of use herding boards when we've got them doubled up in a kennel because you just kind of always have to be aware of what they're doing. Sometimes they might try to take a bite out of your boot, you know, <laughs> you just never know. Amazing, thank you. And just finally, to finish off the episode for today, what advice would you give to someone who spots a seal in distress or is in, injured? Thank you so much for asking that question. <laughs> uh, some of the, the the hardest job that we have is really advocating for preventing seals needing to be rescued in the first place. And unfortunately, we do get lots and lots of seals that people assume need help when they're really just exhibiting their natural behavior. Seals do come up on land to rest. Uh, they have to reoxygenate their blood. They have to rear their young um, and they do have to molt. So for weeks on end, they'll spend on the beach, just not hunting, not swimming, just staying dry. So the biggest piece of advice is to give wildlife space. Uh, they are a protected species in um, Ireland and within, under the EU. So it is illegal to harass them, approach them, harm them in any way. Um, but what a lot of people don't realize is even if an animal is looking at you, that is considered disturbance because it is deviation from their natural behavior. If they're focusing on you, then it means that they're not looking for the next meal. They're not resting and reserving vital energy stores. And they're also not on the lookout for a predator. So it can disturb their natural behavior. And over time, that can be very, very harmful to a seal. So we recommend that you stay at least 100 meters away um, to keep dogs on a lead. Um, unfortunately, every year we get seals that have been attacked by dogs. When they're on land, they're very slow and vulnerable. They can't escape quickly. So that means that they're very vulnerable to bites, attacks, and sometimes those injuries can be fatal or they can get infected. Um, and not only that, but as I mentioned, seals can bite too. Um, and they do have a lot of bacteria in their teeth or in their mouths that can be transmitted. So just to keep the dogs safe, it's very important to keep those separated to reduce the risk of zoonotic disease transfer. Um, but if you are interested in, in potentially helping an animal that might need help, the best thing that you can do if you're in Ireland is to call our 24-hour rescue hotline. We'll ask for photos, we'll ask for a description, um, and we'll be able to decide whether that seal does need help or not. We often get seals reported to us that don't actually need to be rescued, which is fine. We'd rather get reports of healthy seals than not get reports of seals that do need our help. 
Um, but if it is healthy, we'll likely just tell you to, you know, maintain your distance, um, maybe advise other people on the beach that there is a seal there and to, you know, please give it lots of space. Um, and we'll likely send out a trained volunteer to monitor that seal and to lift it if it does need help. Um, now, if you're based in the UK, depending on the region, there's going to be lots of different um, seal rescues there. We do, uh, BDMLR is one of them that we we kind of um, communicate and collaborate with, and they can, uh, they've got trained volunteers all over the country that can lift and rescue seals and bring them to wherever has got, uh, got space available in the UK. I know there's a number of centers. Um, so yeah, just give wildlife space, uh, keep your dogs on a lead. And if you do have any questions, just call your local seal rescue center. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for taking the time to be on this episode of the IVSA Livecast. Um, a really amazing insight into what it's like to be part of the process of, you know, rehabilitating and rescuing seals. And just to all the listeners out there, if you are interested in any of the internship opportunities available, do check out the Seal Rescue Island website. Thank you okay, so thank much. You, thank you so much for having me, Calypso. I'd like to say a big thank you to you for listening and for all your support. Don't forget to check out the IVSA Liverpool Facebook page for updates on new episodes and feel free to drop us a question if you have any. If you are enjoying the IVSA Livecast, please subscribe and share with all your friends. Thank you.